This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, I feel extremely constrained to speak less than a half hour about three giants that um, are really, in a certain sense, the last three generations of Olam Torah and Kal Yisrael, but on the other hand, partly Klumiefsha, there were three yard sites last week, and actually tomorrow is my Rebbe's yard but we'll speak about the three people there. There was the Chazanish, Refshach, um, and uh, Rebbe Svi Finkel. They were basically all last week. Um, I wanted to find, to speak about each person, ten minutes per person. That's really something that's impossible. Um, on the other hand, there are certain common denominators that something I was personally, the Rabbi Nelson Finkel was my brother-in-law, and I knew him from when I came to the Mid Yeshiva I remember him, I wasn't specifically close to him, but I knew him, everybody knew each other then, um, and I then became brother-in-law, and, uh, so I knew him extremely well. Rev Shach, I, had, I heard two or three times I went to Nebuch Yeshurun from him, I spoke with him four times, um, that's my cash with that. Chazanish, I obviously never knew, but um, through marriage, he's my wife's great-uncle, and my father-in-law was extremely close with him. So I guess some sense of the person um, I do have. Um, whatever is possible for somebody to two generations later. But the Chazanish was really one of the two pillars of the Olamai Yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. The transition of Torah to Eretz Yisrael was a lot to do with the Chazanish, the Biskorov, um, and then all the yeshivas who made yeshivas, but in terms of a ruach and in terms of setting a certain standard, they were the ones. Rav Shach was very active in the late 60s until 2000, basically. He was the, the manhig of the Alma yeshivas. Rav Nosson Tzvi um, created a whole door of American yeshiva bachrim that united Israel, and um, they, this is where these three people were. I was trying to think of two or three points of commonality so that we have some sense um, of what there is in common, even though each one was a world in themselves, extraordinary, different people, different uh, audiences, different challenges, different worlds, but some sort of sense of common denominators. The first thing that struck me, I just did two or three things in general, and then we will try to focus on each one individually. First of all, um, they were all unknown and unnoticed when they were young. Um, the the, the uh, Hazan Ish was not heard of it in, as growing up. He didn't learn in any real yeshivas. He sat by his father a lot. He learned chavrusas. Even in his family, his older brothers was considered the the, the hush of the family. He was very hush, but didn't didn't was not known publicly. He was not known publicly at all 
in Europe until he came back to Israel. There were a handful of people who knew of the Chazanish and his godless in Tyre. Reb Chaim Reiser was one of them. That's one. Reb Shach was also relatively unknown as a young person. I mean, he was Chasha, but nobody, he wasn't, he wasn't a name that was banded about. And my brother, Dustin Svi, also not. So, one remarkable uh, characteristic is um, the, sometimes it's easier when a person doesn't have the baggage of having a claim and people talking about you and being chashev. I don't know whether Ayin Hara or whatever it is, but it sometimes people misinterpret the story and say they were not Balakishonos. Um, certainly not true about the Chaznish, um, but more important was they were not public, they were private. Second thing is, whatever they did, they did tremendous amount of work for Kali Yisrael, tremendous accomplishments, but the one thing that is sort of stands out is they always were rooted in Tyra. In their early years, they were completely involved in learning, no shaykhs to world outside, and, you know, they, they were not public people, they didn't train for public office, they didn't train for any interaction with the public, they just sat and learned. And, and um, this is true about all of them, even when they were extremely public people, the, the most of their self was submerged in learning all the time, um, that's the second thing that I think is, is, is true about all three. And also, I would say two more things. A certain anava slash midas and a simchas despite a lot of difficulties. Those, I think, are characteristics that take them all around. And I would like to go and maybe say over one or two points from each one that sort of flesh out some of these t- t- points. The first one has an ish and is learning. Has an ish held, and it's, all, again, all of them. The, the glamorous learning, where you ask a brilliant kasha, or say brilliant parrots, or, or know something with the, you know, with the pinprick test, and so on and so forth, was not where real Torah is. Real Torah is methodically going through things again and again and again and again. Um, the, the first one, I'd like to tell a story about the Chaznish that I saw written by somebody who's alive. This person's name is Reb Meir Tzvi Bergman. He's Reb Shach's son-in-law. He grew up, he was a Yerushalayimer, big Balkishrin. And Reb Shach, um, and Reb Shach took him son-in-law later, but as a young boy, he was, the Chaznish needed somebody to stay in his house. His wife wasn't well, and he needed somebody to, to just be there. So he slept there when he was a young boy, 12, 13, 14. He came in the first night and he went to bed. And the Chazanish said, no, a Bentoyer doesn't go to bed. Bentoyer sits and learns. And when he falls asleep, he falls asleep and goes to bed. That was first time out. He sat with him and learned over. And he said he would take a Gemara and a Taisvis. They would go over it again and again. So what's the question? What's the answer? What's the proof? And he drilled him again and again and again. This is where the Chazanish would teach him. And this is the way many people write Chazanish. To, to have the Gemara drilled in until it is something that you, doesn't move from you. 
I heard yesterday a story from Rabbi Lyman. Rabbi Lyman's Rebbe, one of Rabbi Lyman's Rebbeim, is Rabbi Chaim Kreisel, son of Racha, who was an unbelievable genius. Rabbi Chaim Kreisel had a photographic memory. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, I remember him seeing, you know, to, to hear him speak and just quote majestically Gemara after Gemara. He was an amazing person. He once had an argument with, about the, with the Chaznish about a certain Gemara. And the Chaznish has calmly said, let's sit down and learn the Gemara. And as they started going through it, Rechai Kreisel realized that he had it wrong. And it was the same thing. It was just, the, the Chaznish never let anybody rush. He was always methodical, going over it again and again. That's, wh- that's one story he writes about him. And he says another story. He was a young boy. He was 13, 14. And somebody <laughs> made a bris. And he came. So he was learning Petr Tikka, Rav Metsu Bergman. And he, and he came to Neibrak because his family was close to. He had to get up early in the morning, take a bus halfway, walk halfway. It was a big schlep. But as a family is very close to, and he heard the Chazanish Sandik, so he wanted to be there. He walks in, and he walks over to Chazanish to say, Shalom Aleichem. And Chazanish looks at him and he says, what are you doing here? He says, you know, I'm very close, there's a family to that. Chazanish looks at him and says, what are you doing here? He said, no, you know, the, the Rebbe is the, the Sandik, is that? And Chazanish told him, what are you doing here? And he realized it, it meant, in a nice way to say, Yeshiva Bach doesn't belong here. He said, but you know, you're not allowed to tell your Nabi's coming, you're not supposed to go to the priest. And Chazanish told him the fourth time, what are you doing here? And he got it, and he left. Right or before anything, Kazanish held certainly in the years, in the formative years, person's learning, nothing is supposed to disturb a person's learning. And, and the learning was straightforward, shot again and again and again. I don't think the Kazanish had a better memory than Rev Kreisworth, but what he did have was he had gone through the nuts and bolts so many times he could do it in his sleep. That was the difference. That was Kazanish. Chazanish had many personal sufferings. He had no children. His wife was not a well person. Poverty. Um, he himself was sick all his life. He had real heart trouble, and sometimes he just couldn't physically lift himself out of bed. And yet, is always the same, calm and learning. Somebody wrote to him. There was a person who was going through some depressions, a chashvatam chacham, and he wrote to him a letter about he wants to try chasidus music, I don't know, things of that nature. We don't have that letter, but that's... And the Chazanish writes back to him, for the person who sees the light of Emes, there never is any depression. In other words, just knowing Emes, and knowing that what you know is Emes, should be enough to give a person Simchas HaKhaim. Rav Shach, I was there four times, twice, um, with um, uh, with public issues, some things I was involved with, so it needed his achron twice. My oldest children, when they got bar mitzvah, um, I was able to go for a bracha because my father-in-law, by the time my third son was bar mitzvah, he wasn't well enough. To, he was taking people anyone that was there. So one of my two children, I don't remember which one, Rav Shach told him, you know what the most important thing to do? He said, in yeshiva, is to sit and to learn Gemara Ashitaisvis, not much more. And he said, I, about himself, came to Slabaki Shiva, I was 16 years old. He said, I was a nobody. I sat and learned through Baba Basra. By Hanukkah, I had learned through Baba Basra four times. And he, and he was speaking 
his Reb Shach's angle was more not to um, go for that again the glorious Pshatim and Chidushim and stuff like that and he himself would, 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 could repeat over Gemara again and again his son-in-law wrote the article about Hanish, also about his father-in-law, that he said many times he would sit to learn from a specific Perik and Zvachim. And he said, this is the Perik I'm going to say over in Bezash Nala. And so most people, they talk about a Chedush they would say, Shtikot they would say. Um, the Chazanish spoke about the Perik. And he would just go over the Gemara Shittayis with him, you know, word for word, piece by piece, and he tries to explain why this peric is a peric of Zvachim, one of the middle prakim, I think it was a Mizbech Mekadosh, if I remember, why he thinks that peric. But the point was that just the Gemara itself and, and, and the shock of a tide of it and back and forth, what did the Gemara ask? Was Gemara answering? What, what changes from the Hamid Maskana? That was learning. And doing it enough times as a person gets into it, it's, it's, it's something that gives a person a tremendous amount of chiyos. It, it's hard to understand it until you don't do it, but once a person gets into it, he lives off and he thrives on it. The um, Rav Shach himself also had tremendous difficulties in life and, and um, personal family things, and he was always very strongly upbeat. There was a certain terrorism Samecha person, and, and that's how things, and, and, and that's how he was. He was, until the end, very, 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 very alive and passionate. In, in the learning and, and everything else, um, my the, 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 it's interesting that the Chazanish writes a letter to Rav Shach on a sefer, and the Chazanish, in his criticism of a sefer, writes a compliment that very few other people get, ever got from Chazanish. Rav Shach put out Avi Ezri, and there's a letter from Chazanish on a shikol Torah of his. He says, "I normally don't look at people's shikol Torah." Basically, he also writes someplace that, um, uh, you know, arguing with people very rarely gets anywhere because most people stick to whatever they want to believe and whatever they want to think, and therefore discussing um, learning is not much. And Chazish Bederachal did not talk in learning. He would answer you, but unless it was a young yeshiva, Bachel, we tried to encourage him, but most other people, he said, this is your shtick, it's fine, that's it. Chazish writes a letter, and he says... He says, I normally don't, but because I know how much you like Emmis, I am going to write to you. And he criticizes his shtickle Torah, not because he has any kashas about it, but he says, it's too much to put into the Rambam. In other words, I don't think, I, I, I can't disprove it, but I don't think it's quite Midas Emmis. Apropos to this, I'll go back to the story I said before. The Chazin Ish, um, to this Remeyatzvi Bergman, writes that when he was a younger, when he was a little older, he was very, he's very smart. He's, he wrote a Shtigl Torah. The Shtigl Torah he published as a Bachayet. It was very, very sharp. But it was based on a premise that could not be Emes also. There's sheet in the Rambam about the Reisayfrim, that there's one sheet that holds like that, but it's clear and the Chaznish saw the shtickle printed. And he, and he was very upset. And he called him in and he said, the next time this Torah journal comes out, you have to retract what you wrote. He said, why? It's a, he said, because it's not true. And so he was, you know, a young boy, and he was upset, and he was arguing. And the Chaznish said, 
you know, if you don't have a midah of being maked the emis and being able to step down and say, big mistake, then you're not worthy of anything. He said, it's wrong because it's wrong. And you must retract it. He said, but, I mean, it's, nobody's going to, nobody's passing like me. It's not the Locha. I'm a young kid writing the Torah. And Chaznish was insistent. He said, next time it comes out, say, you thought it over, and this thing can't be, and that's it. Chaznish's Midas Emes was extremely, and he saw that in Ravshach. He saw that in Ravshach, that he's one of the handful of people, there was not a Talmud of his, that he was, that, that he actually looked at his prayer and commented on it, because he felt he's an Ish Emes, and criticism will take well and right. My brother-in-law, Reb Nassim Tzvi, is a third generation. We're talking about three different generations, and, and, and the gap, you're talking about a whole different world. I, it's, it's hard for me, it's like, a, it's like we'd be talking about colonial America, 1950, and 2050. We're talking about three different worlds. My brother, Nelson Svi, as most of you probably know, grew up in a modern home in, in Chicago, went to co-ed school, um, didn't know very well how to learn when he got to Artisrael. He knew as well as, as a kid in a co-ed school who was 15 years old, came to visit his uncle in far off Israel. That, that, was the, that was the extent of it. Um, Rabbi Leizidl saw something in him that no one else saw um, and I think if I could think of the Midas that he saw in him was perseverance Midas Amis is a Makabal and another things of that nature that means it doesn't make a difference how sharp you are it makes a difference how persistent you are and how consistent you are Rabbi Leizidl took him and, and arranged for him a Seder Hayom. The Seder Hayom included, um, by hook and by crook, because between all the Chavrusas and the testing and the Chazaras, he learned Baba Kama 13 times, the entire Baba Kama, the first man he was made yeshiva. Um, he had a Chavrus in the morning, that taught at him, they made him Chazarit, and then tested him, then somebody at the noon, and somebody at night. They were the same thing all day and all night. He was a big masmid, he did spend long hours. But more than just crazy hours, he just was very persistent. He, you know, he was a calm, persistent person. And he learned through Baba Kama 13 times, and he would say many years later that he still knows Baba Kama best because of that regimen of, of learning it uh, so many times. Um, he never tried, and when he came to Yeshiva for many years, he was extremely unnoticed. Um, very few people I mean he was a nice boy he's a nice boy that's about as far as people got nice boy is very serious that, that was about as far as the compliments went and even if he was married um, you know people just felt that the idea that he, he could hold so much within himself how much he had built up by simple <coughs> consistent work was something that people were amazed I remember the transition, and and people were astounded at two things. They were astounded at how much he um, knew and, and was shailed on. He had always been saying shiurim, always doing rechavrusas. Another meter that he had that was incredible, and, and I think it gave him a lot of what he had. He always was there to learn with a weak chavrusa. He felt that he himself had been taken from nowhere. Had people not wanted to learn with him, because he was a nobody, know-nothing kid from Chicago. He would still be a nobody, know-nothing, maybe not a kid anymore, 
and maybe not Chicago, but the other halves will still be the same. And the fact that people gave him time and effort, he never forgot that. And any time there'd be somebody come, a new American boy especially, who was really strange to the world of yeshivas, and couldn't, couldn't really sex out, so he would always find time to have a seder with him. And, and build them. And, that, and, and it's incredible that his um, life, I guess, as a, um, his Rosh Hashiva was a thousand times one people. It was every single person who always had some time, some, some shaykhs, some chabrusas, some this, some that. It was incredible. Um, and it was the same, he had a lot of, he, he, I mean, he became Rosh Hashiva when his Parkinson's became evident. He had been suffering for years before nobody knew about it, and it came together, and he had hepatitis in that same time also. He, he, it, life was excruciatingly difficult for him. Many other, the Parkinson's affected in many ways, made it very, a lot of painful physical effects. Never ever lost a smile, and never ever stopped learning. In other words, his the foundation of his person was the learning. He was the learning was interrupted a lot. He had to do this, that, and the other thing. But 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 you still had the demus of the person learning. So I guess I mean it's in all three of these people. I think there there is a certain challenge to us because they didn't succeed by things that we don't have. Um, I'm not aware they had photographic memories. I'm not aware that they had lightning rod quick. Not Rav Shach and not my brother-in-law had, that, had those things innately. And the Chaznish up in the air, uh, very hard to tell, but, but certainly that's now what stood out. Um, what stood out were things that every single one of us um, can, can emulate. The um, consistency, um, low-key personality, no need to be showy or you know, pushy or anything like that. A willingness to go over the nitty and gritty a dozen times and two dozen times and three dozen times. To go over it again and again. The Chazanish, almost all people that I've read accounts of young boys, young meaning from the age 12 to the age uh, till, till they were grown up, who would learn with the Chazanish a big, immense part of it was going through the Gemara Shittosis again and again. Each piece, you had to be able, it's, it's like soldier, you take apart a gun and you have to be able to put it back together in your sleep. That was the way it was. He took apart, what was the question, what was the answer, was the Raya? How did Gemara slow up the Raya? How did Gemara remain at the end? What's this Kasha? Where's this Kasha from? What does he bring in from here? What's he bring from there? again and again and again until you literally could do it in your sleep. That was the way he held and that was all of them. Rav Shach's is, is brilliant but his own personal learning was always and you, and you saw it. It's saying over, getting his hands around the kasha and tarots and so on. That's something that's available for every one of us. Um, it's, there, there, there is not, it, it requires it doesn't require much of a, of, a, of a head to be able to do that. It requires a sense of simcha, that if a person knows that if I'm Amal Batayra, then really, I have it all. Um, this is life. 
Amelos Betoro's life and being happy with what a person has is what makes a person um, persist. Um, they, 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 they didn't look to make a splash, and it's because they didn't look to make a splash that they were so effective and so much free on the world. So I guess it's a moment I still remember, two to three I remember, and the one I knew well and why I still remember. So I guess some sense of giving over my feelings. Um, and, say, and my brother, I remember clearly the process. I remember the process where people said he's a very fine person, very good person, big masmid, and that's it. So people said, well, where does it come from? It comes from, when you go through a Gemara 13, 14, 15 times as man, um, and, and you learn it's man in, it's man out, and so on and so forth. That's where it comes from. When you train yourself to be thoughtful, um, methodical, calm, and besimcha, and the simcha, music is a stimulant, but it's a very temporary stimulant. The knowledge that a person has that he sweated through an hour or two of learning, consistently and honestly, if a person reflects on it, it should give him tremendous simcha. We should be zeich and deskos, that we should be able to take some of that. It, it, the things we spoke about are eminently um, relevant to each and every one of us. And Bez Hashem, we should be tayim, some of, some of, some of the tainu, some of the pleasure they had in the work and in, and in the learning, and in, and, the, and the learning over and over again, the Igiyas Torah and Amel's Torah and the Bikrush HaEmes. Shabbos.